Alright, ready for round two? Hello, my name is David Riley. With me today, the co-host you've all been waiting for, Joe White, Master of Space Karate Ninja Technology. Today is our podcast for March 4th. <laughs> Impressive. Together, somehow, a union is formed through which the fanservice.org podcast is created. Fan-service.com Frontbeat.com Email us if you prefer at either Dave at Fan-service.com or Dave at Frontbeat.com Within you can regale us with tales of your life down on the farm or ask us questions about ours. We don't live on farms. I was born on a farm. Were you? Uh, I grew up in a log cabin for about nine months. Before I moved to Philly, <laughs> I grew up in a log cabin for nine months. Oh, I spent nine months in a log cabin. Fun times. Sweet. By the way, bears in the backyard. Not that I remember, but I've heard the stories. <laughs> so, you may have noticed that our podcast was a little late. In fact, you've only just gotten it four days ago, possibly five. <laughs> That's because of karaoke, as we explained. But also, on Saturday, we plan to get together and record last week's podcast, which we are actually recording on the same day as this podcast. <laughs> so it's a little weird, I know. But our experiments in Korean barbecue went on a little long, and there was just simply no time. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that was really a problem, though. Uh, I think we spent about two hours, all things considered, getting Korean barbecue with travel time. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Which is surprising, because it felt like we ate for more than an hour. Don't let me complain, because that was one banging meal. Oh my gosh, that's the greatest restaurant in the history of the world. $11 all-you-can-eat. It's also delicious. It's not like all-you-can-eat. All you can <laughs> it's not like all-you-can-eat crap. It's like all-you-can-eat the best food you've ever tasted. If you've ever had Korean barbecue, you know the constituent parts. <laughs> but have you ever cooked it yourself? With an unlimited food budget? <laughs> or in this case, limited to $11, which just buys you an absurd amount of food. God, they have these little squid, like, wafers or whatever. When you awesome. cook them, they would, like, cripple up and make this little pattern, because they cut them before they put them out. Yeah, they crisscross it, so that as it cooks and expands, it sort of forms a little florette. It's like those rat, those radish roses you, like, drop in water and yeah. they expand. Same thing, but with squid. And spicy sauce and delicious. Yeah. And that chicken was unbelievable. I don't remember what it was called. It was called marinated chicken. I mean, in <laughs> at English. least in English. Yeah. I wish they would put the uh, the transliteration in. <laughs> yeah, right. They don't, they don't have time for that crap. Not at these prices. Oh, God. I don't know how popular Korean barbecue is. This is the first time I've ever... Or, well, this is only the second time I've ever eaten at a restaurant. God damn. <laughs> It's pretty expensive elsewhere. I think that yeah, holds it back. That's the problem. Like me and Joel went to a place once uh, on the campus of the school I work at. Fifteen bucks for a meal, fifteen or sixteen, which isn't that crazy if like you're going out with your girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> not exactly the same when it's just two dudes hanging out, both wearing like dress shirts and ties. I guess that doesn't look too weird. Yeah, it was. I mean, end of the day. 
Hard day at the office, making money the for the university. We didn't, we didn't buy any alcohol, so it did look a little suspicious, I guess. God, I should have bought some alcohol. Dude, I thought you had Kieran the other night, like Kieran beer. Yeah. You would hate it because it's totally weak, but I liked it because it was almost like water. <laughs> <laughs> I forget who I was telling this, uh, like, the other night. I was like, yeah, Joel doesn't really like to drink. He, uh, he's not against drinking, he just doesn't like the taste of any alcohol. <laughs> Except cider. Put some cider in front of him. Oh boy! Watch out! The problem is cider is prohibitively expensive. Like, God, it never yeah. costs less than beer. And I can't imagine. Like, I've had a lot of cider before. Like, when we bought that six-pack at my house, I had, like, four in the course of an hour, and I feel like I was only mildly buzzed. Like, my well, cheeks got a little cider crazy. only has slightly yeah. more beer content than beer. Yeah, and well, even it depends on the beer, I think. Your average size is probably like 5 or 6%. Yingling's only 4. Yeah. In case you're not from Pennsylvania, which I don't think anyone who listens to this is, <laughs> Yingling is this awesome beer that it's only 18 bucks a case. Well, that's because uh, it's local. I'm sure it costs more where they are. I guess it depends. Yingling is not in a lot of places. It's like a lot of places up north of us and Florida. Sure, uh... Moses is going to be like, oh, we only have like 4,000 types of beer in the Netherlands. <laughs> yeah. Jerk. We have one for every day of the week. <laughs> uh, let's call it every minute of the hour of every day of every week. Lent is coming up, so here's a little fact for all you people out there. Um, in order to get around fasting or to make fasting easier, monks developed a type of beer called a bocht, and there's a, such a thing as a double boxed beer. And what it is is it's this beer that is like, it's basically like fermented bread. There's so much crap in it. It's like a meal in itself. <laughs> Thank you, Captain Christian. Speaking of which, has Ben given up beer for Lent? I don't know. He probably should. Ooh, I hope he doesn't. <laughs> that was not a fun 40 days last year. <laughs> he would, like, still hang out, but it wasn't the same. Yeah. I think it wasn't. probably wasn't the same for him. He's like, oh, drinking soda. Everyone else is drunk and being asinine. And... I'm not. Welcome to my world. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's just funny because Ben is like the most outrageous drunk. Like he's not an asshole; he's just incredibly loud. <laughs> well, everyone is. That's like the worst thing. Like, like there's like a threshold. Like I can handle it. like the first four hours of you guys being drunk without me being drunk is all right. But I think by like that fifth hour, I'm just kind of tired. And I'm getting a headache from the smoke. <laughs> Scabs is like shouting at the waitress. Blame Jerry and Scabs. <laughs> That's true, because that's when they start, like, throwing crap. And I'm just like, don't get it near my Coke. This better be comped. That's really what happens. I realize that maybe my Coke isn't being comped. You know, restaurants do that a lot. They, uh, like nice restaurants, they try and get you with the soda, where they charge you for every soda. And, like, parents will bring their kids out and realize they're paying, like, 35 bucks for 10 glasses of sugar water. Yeah. And it's retarded. Like, the restaurant tries to do it to increase their profit margins. But it's like, goodbye, repeat business. Yeah. Because you charged me 35 bucks for something that costs you two pennies to make. If even that, it's probably frac. Each glass of soda is probably fractions of a penny. Well, that's how fast food places make their money. There's, like, no margins on the actual food. It's all the soda. Yeah. That's why supersizing costs, like, 15 cents. Aww. <laughs> uh... What were we talking about? Uh, whatever. 24. I've come to the realization that I'm just inventing the 24 I want to see in my <laughs> mind. So this whole episode, I just devoted to deciding how Curtis, resident cool black guy, 
was going to either spin kick some guys or jump off a helicopter riding a surfboard <laughs> and then use the surfboard to you slice off a terrorist You look head. over at Davis just watching the show and he's got this glazed look and he's staring at one of the corners in the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> so just the whole episode, I started like refining it. I was like, yeah, he's waxing up his well, skateboard. Well, it's kind of hard because I realized that in previous 24 episodes there was far less intera- actual interaction between the government and the terrorists. I don't know if they're if that's their new like plot angle that we're gonna have these fully developed like characters that they're gonna have relationships, actual interaction. But it just sucks because it leads to the lamest, most unrealistic decision making ever. Yeah. If you're the president and the terrorists are like Give us the root of the Russian president, or we will bomb your country. You don't say, Here you go, fellas. Because if you give them the root of the Russian president, Russians will bomb our country. Yeah. I can't I like, even imagine the- I like this whole idea that they're like, it's cool. As long as they don't think we know, we won't get in trouble. <laughs> it's, it's absurd. In what universe is that? It's Russia. <laughs> Any country. If a foreign diplomat gets killed on your soil, you drop the ball. That started World War One. Oh, God. Man, that was, oh, that was, it was, that's really, like, the only stress I'm getting from this 24 is my frustration at how bad that the president is written. Just as a poorly conceived character. Like, he was lame the last season, but I guess you only really got to know him for ten episodes or so, so you couldn't really notice any, just the options they're giving him this season. Every time, well, we could save a hundred lives here. And that's how the government does things. <laughs> but it's not how I do things, because my wife is crazy and I'm a lily-livered sissy. Let's pray. I'm obviously a caricature of George W. Bush. Want to do some even blow? Than- <laughs> He's even less a character of George of- caricature of George W. Bush. Maybe that's why, too. There's no obvious like corollary between the moments where they're like taking swipes at a... W and the moments where the president West. is making decisions. Like, you know, because he's like, W would never make that decision. He's like, no. Let's just go bomb whatever, like, country town in Russia they're from. It's like, hey, Russia, get it together and kill these guys' families before now, we have to. Now, can we bomb Croatia? <laughs> the whole place. <laughs> they hate our lives. They hate they, our freedoms. They hate our freedoms. Oh, speaking of which, here's a shameless plug. You, everyone in America needs to go see Why We Fight. It's this new documentary that came out. I went to see it. It's pretty tight. It talks about the whole military-industrial complex and how that really guides American foreign policy right now. And it also makes uh, President Eisenhower look like a freaking saint. Now I have to go out and read every book about him possible because apparently he was the greatest president since George Washington. I include Lincoln in that. <laughs> really? Well, Lincoln was kind of crazy. But he got a lot of stuff done. Yeah, he did, but I don't know. At least he... His son once brought a goat into the, <laughs> I don't White know, House. Oval Office or something. His, the wife was meeting with some dignitaries. Oh, there's a goat. <laughs> oh, Ted Lincoln, what are you doing? <laughs> and then he got some diseases, died, and his dad contemplated suicide. Because they hate our freedoms. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Maybe not all freedoms. <laughs> what, if, what else happened this 24? Uh... That was absurd. But we already we kind of already talked on that. I think that's going to be a recurring theme. Mm-hmm. We need like a theme song for this segment of the podcast where we hate on the president. <laughs> oh, um, 
Get jared Rudy up. got his comeuppance big time. <laughs> Still waiting for the spin kick. <laughs> I really wish Curtis would have punched him. I love when he totally punked the security guards by saying, like, if you try to arrest me, I'm totally going to shoot someone. <laughs> I mean, it's he like, said, draw I will draw my like, weapon. Yeah, draw his weapon. I'm like, you should have just said, listen. Then Frodo's off. Shoot him! Shoot him! You touch me, Whitey, and I'm going to bust a cap. <laughs> Don't call me Uncle Tom! Yeah, it was really, that was, I was so happy that happened. And so soon in the season, too. Like, they they had so many annoying leaders that they had to have one of them catch a yeah. really huge I, bitch slap. I was just thinking about that. As the episode started, I was like, when are they going to get rid of this guy? Yeah, like, he wasn't so bad in the beginning. You're like, oh, I could get along with this guy. Like, you know, he's a new thing in the works. But then they just had him fly completely off the handle. Yeah, I love how his super awesome plan is to fire one of the analysts and arrest the other two. How so now you, you have no more analysts. See, this is the problem. I don't see how people like this get into power in the first place. Both the president and Rudy, whatever his name is in the show. <laughs> Rudy Baggins. <laughs> Rudy Gamgee. <laughs> the gardener. It's like, there's a, you have to demonstrate at least some competence, I hope, to become the head of one of these government well, agencies. I know that like Bush, I don't think, is competent, but, you know, he's totally nuts, and he's devoted to an idea. The thing is, if you go to work for government service, like if you want to join up with the FBI or something, they put you under these rigorous stress tests. Like, they basically just put you in a a room with a bunch of other guys and you get grilled. Yeah. Like, until people drop out. You don't get into the FBI or whatever, fake government counter-terrorist organizations by accident. You have to have some sort of ability and not be totally kowtowed by your crackhead sister and her boyfriend. Yeah. He was pretty lame. He's probably going to come back, yeah, though, you know, in some because... incredibly irritating moment. Hopefully, Curtis... Mr. Frodo! Mr. Frodo! At that point, we can only hope that Curtis actually does punch Spin him right Spin kick, the man! Spin kick! It's going to be like Chun-Li. God! <laughs> Dude, that... Spinning star kick! He's just going to... Oh, wait, no, not Chun-Li. Ryu. Ryu and Ken. He's going to, like, jump up. He's just going to do it once, but it's going to be, like, one revolution. And it's going to knock out Frodo and, like, five of those security guards at the same time. Frodo, he's Sam, Dave. Whatever. Sam. And then he's going to jump on his surfboard <laughs> and run off into the wilderness. <laughs> they can't keep a man like that chained. It's true. Did anything else interesting happen? No. Bombs. Oh, yeah. They shot. I mean, there was some gun action, at least. Those two cops caught it pretty hard. <laughs> that was hilarious. It didn't even look like they got shot. Was... On the bikes, they were just, wee. Hey, this is fun. Hey, what are you doing, Bob? All right. Woo! <laughs> well, not really part of standard operating procedure, but who am I to argue? Yeah. Uh, I guess it's time for that Fist of the North Star banter. Because why not? That's what we watched tonight, anyway. Yeah. Is it? That was the final OVA, right? Mm-hmm. Man, I wish they would come out with a new series. <laughs> I know. You're probably a little disillusioned from our last episode of us talking about Desert Punk. So we decided we'd watch some good post-apocalyptic stuff. And as I'm watching this, I'm realizing, like, Fist of North Star has a lot of things that I don't usually care for. It's ultra-violent. And there's excessive, like, over-sexualizing a woman. Trivializing the female gender, if you will. But, uh, they do it in a way that doesn't piss me off. 
And also- I think because it's not like it's the kind of ultraviolence that is just ultraviolence. It doesn't. They don't treat it doesn't it like pretend it's funny to be anything else. Or they don't smart. treat it like it's funny or smart. It's just ridiculous and awesome. I don't think anyone's going into like making a Fist of the North Star TV series or movie or whatever and saying, "Oh, we're gonna make such a great statement." <laughs> like this will really open people's eyes to <laughs> to the plague of AIDS <laughs> in sub-Saharan Africa. No, like. Even the five minutes they spend at the episode philosophizing. Well, that was a little more. Like, when Ryu doesn't explode the guy's head and they don't, like, reach a truce through combat, I was a little pissed off. Yeah, true. But <clears throat> there's got to be those peaceful resolutions sometime. Though, uh, I was kind of bouncing up and down in my seat. What a total cock block that was. <laughs> Absolutely. At the very end of the episode, he goes into, the, like, the Like, 4, the ultimate 000. bad guy. He punches him so hard that the man is gradually being <laughs> lifted off his feet with every successive punch. <laughs> like, by the end, he's like a foot in the air. It's everything you could have possibly hoped for in the climax to a fist of the North Star episode. But then the final blow doesn't blow anyone up. It's like, why am I even here? <laughs> the best part is when he does the yee-yee-yee thing. But he takes a breath in the middle because that's how long he's <laughs> punching. He's like, <laughs> oh, it was awesome. Everything up to that point was just fine. Yeah, it's like he grew fourteen extra arms with which to punch. That's why he's so huge and ripped. It's because his arm is actually five arms, each grasping the power within his fist. God dang, love the show! <laughs> it's so ridiculous, too. Oh, well, the other stupid thing about it is that he always manages to have that same vest on, even though before each fight, it explodes, he explodes off. off. <laughs> it's a giant fireball. I hate this shirt! <laughs> the best part is the bad guy never explodes his clothes off. Yeah, that's how you, that's how you can tell. That's the that's like the final trick they teach you in the Hakuto no Ken school. It's like, alright, now me and you are going to be the only people in the world that know this trick. Watch what I do. This is my favorite shirt. I only have one like it in the whole world. But you are my opponent. And you did something bad. You ain't going to be raping women no more! But Master, that was your favorite shirt. That's all right. I have a but tailor wait, that follows reaches me. Reaches behind his ear. <laughs> I have a tailor that follows me around. I pay him a hefty sum. The only thing more profitable than that in the Fist of the North Star universe is being the coffin maker that follows Kenneth. <laughs> That's gotta be it. Because everywhere he goes, I mean, he kind of explains it at the end. He's like Hakuto Ken calls out, or Hakuto calls out to Hakuto because apparently, like the Hakuto no Ken is the Father fist or something—that's what they call it, don't they? I don't. What do they call uh, it? the teacher fist? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I like the whole mythology of fists, though. I'm definitely down with that. They could have—I could have gone with a whole series of that because that's like Pokemon crap. <laughs> like you introduce new things for me to collect and <laughs> gotta get them all, man. Every fist. I just don't know Ken. Gotta get them all. Gotta get them all. <laughs> you could have like one. the Battle Monk. <laughs> what was the name of that guy's the? Hoku? Hokumon. Hokumon, yeah. Hokumon! <laughs> yeah, got there you go! Oh, uh, they got totally punked. 
I love it. It's like the, some teacher in the past was like, all right, I'll teach you this technique, but you can never let it leave the walls of this monastery. And if you ever do, I'm going to come back and kill someone. <laughs> Sorry, bro. That's life. Except that didn't happen because the <laughs> the main boss got to, or the main boss, that's kind of how these things operate yeah. anyway. The main bad guy got to dim mock himself. So weak. Yeah, he didn't even get blowed up. I don't believe in that. That is a very unsatisfying ending. And I understand why he did it, and that's okay. But come on, guys. He needed to blow something up. I was waiting for him to just punch the old lady that was standing beside the guy right in the face. Nobody got spin kicked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty... Like, it was an alright episode. The problem is, like, they had too many other people killing people and not well, Ken. Ken's locked up in a basement for the first 20 minutes of the episode. And then when he shows up, it's awesome because he knocks a door down. and <laughs> <laughs> That was the best thing ever. The general who got, um, yeah. it's like, I just touched your head and it'll blow up unless I touch this part on your body. And what was the guy's name? Sanga? No, it was... Uh... Seiji, you mean? Yeah, Seiji was like, all right, I touched it and now you're all right. And then he walks to the door and then Ken pokes his finger through the door. Like, the thing explodes and just touches the guy in the head. And then you look up at Ken. And the only thing you can think is Ding dong <laughs> And then the door comes down In one fell swoop God if you have any sense in the world You will buy these three DVDs <laughs> Even though they're only one episode apiece I don't want to live In a house that doesn't have them And I'm ashamed to go home to one They're still I mean They're one episode but they're 45 minutes Or like closer to an hour So it's It's not as expensive as you think I wonder, see, in their ADV, you get the whole thing for like 45 bucks online, probably. And considering how much you would spend on other crap that sucks and is not Fist of the North Star, like, think of it like quality points, and Fist of the North Star's got like 150 quality points, <laughs> and Love Hina has like Negative a thousand. four thirds of one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think it really it is the the reason I like Fist of the North Star is because it's absolutely predictable, and you can fault my critique for this, and I accept that. No, I like it too. I but like it, it's it's the same reason I like that Fallout Boy, we're go, that Fallout Boy song, uh, something. We're going, going down, down in the turlilulu. Yeah, we're going down swinging or something. I don't even know what it's really called, but it just does everything I expect it to do. Like you got your bad guy, the bad guy kills someone brutally, and then Ken comes around and like totally embarrasses him in front of his family, and it makes his head explode. <laughs> it's brilliant every time. Don't get me wrong, I like uh, I like good, smart, intelligent, like off the wall, like who knows where it's going. It's totally like a mind bender, and what's gonna happen? But I am all about seeing large men brutalize other <laughs> large men, <laughs> and that is all right with me. It's not even about. I think it's really just like I really do. Just the the climax of every episode is always that the yee 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 punch, which is a, like a building to conclusion in itself. And then they always end with that like bang moment where you just like totally yeah. haymaker something. And I'm just like that is so satisfying on such a visceral level. Well, it's because these bad guys are such cartoon bad guys. It's like they rape every woman they see, kill like. <laughs> 50 people in a row for no reason, like, cripple everyone else they don't kill, and then <laughs> take all the water and don't let anyone uh, steal this guy's little baby brother and turn him into an evil 
kid from the golden child who has to eat the bloody oatmeal. <laughs> so then Ken comes in. And then all of a sudden, it's all fine again. And you're like, this is such a relief that in this day and age, there is still some modicum of justice out there. And it comes through Kung Fu. And that's like ten times as better. If you could Kung Fu all the bad guys in the United States, like instead of like a rapist going away for like 15 years, you could like Kung Fu him. Like you could spin kick him like 15 times. 55 times. <laughs> that would be like someone... Really? I just can't And then imagine. you could rape him. Well, not me. Someone... <laughs> 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 not in the gay way. Not in the gay way. It's about power. It's about power. <laughs> I just, if I ever got into a fight, I would totally get my ass kicked because I would be waiting for the moment where I'd like be able to say to the guy, it's like, your fist is weak, and then just totally wail on him. Like, you know, they always say like, I don't know, 99% of fights end up on the ground, and I'd be like trying to like rabbit punch him in the gut until I could like prop up his chin and then like give him the haymaker. I'd totally be one of those guys, like I'd put my hand up and like grab his fist as he's punching me, and I'd be like, aha, well... What you did, no, and that's when Tony jaws me from the side. All of a sudden, I'm on the ground. <laughs> How did that happen? This isn't anything like the cartoons. Yeah, they haven't prepared me for real life. Like, God, how I wish real life was like them. I think I could cut out a pretty good life for myself in a heavily radiated <laughs> post-apocalyptic desert. That's, see, that's the illusion. You always identify with the hero. Life for us would Yeah, suck. we would so be like the slobs at the bottom. I'd be the guy that, like, tries to defend his family with his hoe and, like, cracks it over the bad guy's head, but it does nothing, and he, like, turns around, you're the guy pulls that... up my arm, and I'm like, ah, you're breaking my arm, and he's like, good, and then he chops off my lower half. You're the guy that dies just before Kenshiro shows up. Yeah, to save everyone <laughs> like, else. thanks, dude! Because I'm brave. I'm just pretty useless. <laughs> I hear that. That's uh, why we need to find the secret stash of radiation. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think we need to go to Japan so that we can get on this Hokoto and also Kung Fu Masters. Maybe Jerry can tap us in. Uh, uh, it just makes me so happy to watch good anime again. I don't think we've been having a pretty particularly good run recently. Well, it's like Maybe you said last podcast earlier this evening. <laughs> There's nothing good out. Yeah, and you can only go back so far in time before you run into the same problem. I don't know, the 80s were a pretty charmed time. A lot of good stuff came out then. I don't want to be one of these guys that's like, oh, the 80s were so great. But they definitely made anime that appeared to me a hell of a lot more. Like, where are the freaking robot animes nowadays? <laughs> yeah. And there were big titty girls in robot anime. But that wasn't what it was all about. It was about the robots and screaming the super moves and repeating the name of the robot like 15 times in the opening credit. <laughs> and that's what I like. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know. I feel like good things have come out since then. Like, we really like Cowboy Bebop and Trigun and everything. Oh, I think sure. it's just a recent drought. They'll come back around. We'll see. It, uh, it all depends on the trends. You know they got these cafes now in Japan where women dress up like maids for the patrons' uh, amusement? I am not surprised. Isn't that fun? I am appalled, but not surprised. <laughs> Good stuff. What are you doing?
誰が死のうとしたことが死ぬがいい俺の優しい申し出を受けることを地獄に行って後悔するがいいない。